Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to dive into and discuss the U.S. men's national team players who are embarking on their respective journeys, I should say, in Spain and Italy this weekend as La Liga and Serie A kick off. And of course, we're going to touch upon all the big games happening around the world for our player pool. But first, big news dropping a couple hours ago, Serginio Dest might be making the move from Barcelona to Manchester United, who I like to call moving from one dumpster fire to another for different reasons. Barcelona's (laughs) more financial. And Manchester United feels like a lack of identity, lack of success in recent times. How do you feel about this move, Heath? I'll come to you first. Sergino Des potentially being reunited with Eric Ten Hag. He did spend his one season at Ajax with Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I like it or not. I'm just letting it sink in. Uh, like you said, the dumpster fire thing is a, is, is a legitimate issue when you look at just the morale and the mood of the team. I haven't felt any sort of big swing this year. Have either of you felt like Manchester United now are now in a new light or a new... Uh, I mean, it's a new opportunity because it's the beginning, but like, I don't feel, you know, it's a, it's a deep thing to get out of that. I feel like the, the, I personally, if I was such a genius, wouldn't, but like, I've also never played at Barcelona and my other option besides Barcelona isn't Manchester United. So he's in a different world than me. I, I don't, when I look at Barcelona, Charlie, if they can work out their finances, that team is stacked in almost every single position. And as Thomas Rangan, our excellent guest yesterday stated, there's not a lot of competition at that right back spot. So he could potentially get a lot of minutes. Manchester United, he'd probably play for sure because I think they're trying to maybe throw in a, a player swap with uh, Diogo Delo and, and maybe try to make something like that happen. Barcelona obviously just looking for money because they got to solve some of their issues. But if you were just from a playing perspective and and kind of how things are being built, would you rather go back to a manager that you know who trusts you with Eric Ten Hag and go play for United? Or would you rather stay at Barcelona and kind of see what Xavi has in store for those guys? Jimmy, Heath, you both know managers can make or break your career. And in this case, Dest had his most successful year as a professional under Ten Hag. So of no, course- Charlie, that, his only professional year as a only. professional was under Ten Hag. Exactly. <laughs> we thought that, but we said the same about Thomas Tuchel. We were like, this is a dream made in heaven. Thomas Tuchel who gave him his start at- True, good at, point, good at, point. At, yes, at Borussia Dortmund, we're like, this is great, but like, exactly, little, it is different because it's not Ajax. It, it, and I think what Tanag is trying to do at United is I'm trying to bring my Ajax philosophy and a lot of the players I managed at Ajax to Manchester United. So I think if Tanag is saying, I want you to come to United, I, we will pay for you and, and you're going to play, 100% you make the move because Xavi has, has shown he doesn't have full confidence in Serginho Dest. Even though he plays him at times, I don't, I don't think Xavi says – you're my guy for the future. Now it's great if you can stay there, fight for your place. I think that builds character. But ultimately, I think where Sergio needs to work the most 
in his game is defense, his defensive abilities. I think Thomas Rongan touched on it a lot yesterday was for Serginho Dest to improve, to feel that we feel confident, he's going to have to defend and he's going to have to play in teams that typically don't dominate. Because when you're playing Barca, you have possession 90% of the game, teams are on the back foot, you can fly forward and you're going to, but how often is he forced to defend and, and really be pinned back into his own half? So I think with United, because they're not as dominant as they once were in the past, there's a lot of the high press. There's a lot of the defensive responsibilities, very physical league. Ultimately, it's going to challenge him to be a better player, a better right back, and a better defensive right back. So I, I like the move. There's, there's something Wait, about – Jimmy, let me, Jimmy, let me ask you this, though, Jimmy, real quick, just in terms of the challenge. Because I agree with Charlie. When you put it on paper, it makes total sense, right? But the risk of that is that – does Eric Ten Hag have the time to develop Serginho Dest at a club the size of Manchester United? Does he have freedom to say, I'm going to give you game after game? And training, I get it. The speed of the game, the way in which you have to defend, even if you are Manchester United, who I would consider like you're four to eight in the, or four to six, four to seven in the, in, the, in the Premier League. Yes, they're going to dominate some teams, but they're also going to have, they're, they're going to, have to play honestly to do it. And I think that's great for his game, but if it doesn't match right away, if there's not that development or that, that commitment to his development, Jimmy, do you think it's a potential of another year or two lost for him of somebody who maybe could have ended up somewhere else. I mean, again, I, I the grass is always greener. I know that, but like, um, yeah, just curious your thoughts on that. No, well, I agree with Charlie that I don't believe that Xavi is fully bought in on Serginho Destin and what he provides. I think that there's elements of his game that he likes, but I don't think he's the complete player as Thomas said yesterday. And as I think we all agree. So going to Manchester United and, being thrown into the fire in a position where they do need some help. And I think he would upgrade them going forward, but we want to see how he does defensively. Now, for better or for worse, anytime I think about Sergio Des having an opportunity to be pinned back against an opponent, I remember PSG at Barcelona in the Champions League and Kylian Mbappe scored three goals or four goals at the Camp Nou, like absolutely ate him up. And so, I mean, obviously Mbappe is one of the best players in the world. And, and uh, that was a tough afternoon for, for Sergio Des in particular, but it that, I feel that like everybody has that story though. That's it. That's that's, yeah, that's, even, that's, uh, even, that's even it, Alfonso right. Davies. Even Alfonso <laughs> Davies. We're talking Alfonso Davies got beasted by Mbappe. So no, no, it's fair. It it's fair. And 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 also Jimmy, what happened to Charlie's voice? What were you up to, Charlie? How'd you lose that lose hey, that voice here? I'm telling you, it's it's you know, I, I got a little um it's a little parched from just Minnesota. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, the all star all star week was uh a lot of screaming takes, on stage. Takes it out of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. A lot of, a lot just of wanted to address that, Jenny. Yeah. No, no problem. I, I, I just just it. We've got an R&B we'll... singer with us today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a crooner with us right now. All right, all right. Before we, we, we continue the conversation about Serginho Dest, we want to let everybody know that we, in Soccer We Trust, are a finalist for the Best Sports Podcast category. Let's F go. And being a finalist is awesome news, but we want to go one step further, of course and win this thing. So for those of you that have nominated us, thank you so much. We're going to need your help and support for one more final step. Some of you are going to be selected at random and you got to check your inboxes and say, yes, I fully commit my love and, and adoration and respect and, and everything else and allegiance to in soccer. We trust, and that'll hopefully get us into the, we want to win a trophy. That's really what we want. So let's do this. We just wanted to throw that out there. All right, let's talk about La Liga overall. I know Serginho Dest is packaged into this, uh, we also have Yunus Musa, who's playing for Valencia. He's looking like he's going to start this weekend against Girona, which is interesting. We'll see if Tati Castellanos starts 
NYCFC product who absolutely owned MLS over the last 18 months has now made the move to Girona, another club that's owned by City Football Group, just to throw that out there so everybody knows. I assume Girona, who just came out from Segunda B or the second division in Spain, are not going to want to go back down now that they got up to the top. So they're going to splash some money. They've already made some signings. It's going to be a tough test. Valencia's at home. First match for Gennaro Gattuso. And it looks like Moose is going to start in what looks like central position and hopefully more of an eight than a six. But we'll see what it looks like. De La Torre, uh, Celta Vigo is playing today and, uh, excuse me, this weekend against Espanyol. It doesn't look like De La Torre is going to start. But... I like his chances of having some involvement. Uh, they have Luis Campos, who's also consulting with PSG in the sporting director role. Very, very bright. He helped Lille and Monaco help uh, help them win Liga titles over the last four or five years. So he knows what he's doing, knows how to build teams. And I'm well, obviously thrilled that he identified Luca De La Torre as a good signing. So hopefully he'll get some minutes. But those are the three <laughs> games that are included uh, U.S. men's national team players. Let's talk about Yunus Musa, Charlie. I'll come back to you, uh, Mr. Crooner. That's going to be singing for us at the end with a smoky voice. What, what do you think about Yunus Musa getting the start for Gennaro Gattuso? I mean, whatever people think about Gattuso, I'm just happy that he's thinking Musa centrally instead of out wide. I couldn't be more thrilled that he's playing centrally, one. Two, that he has Gattuso as a coach, uh, one who will really help him develop as, as a central midfielder. Because he'll have him think about the the responsibilities of a midfielder from a de defensive perspective. Right. And I think that's where Yunus Musa can really improve. But also, I think playing centrally in the Liga, he's going to get in a lot of those advanced positions because we've seen it in preseason. He's flying through the lines on the dribble and gets into the box. Can he be a little bit more dangerous now? Because I think for Valencia to have a lot of success this year, to, to really try and get into the top four, they're going to need him to have um, a hand in a lot of goals and assists. So I'm pumped. It's only going to make our national team better when Yunus Musa, because Yunus Musa is the most gifted technically that we have uh, playing in the midfield for the U.S. So I think it's a great move because typically we don't always see some of our, our, our top guys playing in, in the position that they play with, with the national team, with their club team. Right. You know, uh, the perfect example for me right now is Jesus Ferreira. So Jesus Ferreira in the all-star game was playing as a winger, you know, and then with Dallas, sometimes he's playing as a 10 and they play like Frank O'Hara. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, play the guy at the nine. That's where he's playing with the national team. Don't play them out of position. You want that continuity of, of club and country playing the same position. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of Yunus Musa uh, playing uh, essentially at, at Valencia. So, so Michael Jimmy is. Hold on, hold on. Let me give you some context. I want to give everybody some context on Valencia, just so they know and have an idea of the environment that Yunus Musa is currently in outside of the manager. Their their owner Peter Lim is a bit. Uh, he's got a, a bit of a trigger finger where he just fires guys. So they got to the final, the Copa del Rey last season, losing to Real Betis, and they had what for me one of my favorite managers in all of Spain, Jose Bordalas, who helped Hatafe get fifth like three or four years ago. So, I mean, he knows how to get the most out of players. They fired him and the team president. Peter Lim's like, you guys are out, brought in Gattuso. And and uh, they've had to balance the books. So they signed or sold one of their best players, Gonzalo Guedes, to, to Wolves just this past week for $33 million. That's opening up more time and space for, for Yunus Musa. And obviously there's going to probably be an emphasis on youth if they're trying to balance the books and they're going to give him opportunities to shine. So I just wanted to give some context to everybody. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Yunus? 
I mean, for me, it's just a consistent full season of starting. That's it. Right. Like I, right. all that other stuff, I agree with Charlie 100%. Those are the things that are going to, I think, as a result of that, be be what we see come of him as he adds tools or or more tools to his tool belt. But that's for me the the main thing is when when you looked when you mentioned Luca De La Torre a minute ago, Jimmy, I was thinking about okay, it could be a good situation. And then I forgot that Luca De La Torre is 24. Like he needs minutes too. And this right. is a situation where if he's a contributor. Okay, I'd probably give Eunice Musa that another year if he was getting 30 minutes a game, you know, as like first off the bench, second off the bench, guaranteed minutes every single game type of squad player. I'd be happy with that. Now, but the roles are reversed. Luca De La Torre is 24, probably not going to get a ton of minutes, could get some some minutes sparingly. Um, but Eunice Musa now has this opportunity to, to take a huge step, and that could be to start the entire year. By the way, Jimmy or, or Charlie, when you hear the word Gattuso, do you not hear it in Bob Bradley's voice? The amount of times Bob used to mention that name uh, in camps. It's the only, I literally hear it. Gattuso. Remember how many that was Gattuso. like 2000s AC Milan, 90s AC Milan were, were uh, a peak part of our, our national team careers in terms of video we watched and style of play. So I can't get that out of my head every time somebody says that. But yeah, for uh, for for Eunice Musa, I think it's I want to see 30 games and and most of those started if possible. That would be a huge step forward for me, just in terms of establishing himself as a professional, not just the one that's like, yeah, got all these tools and potential, but he's still young. Like he should be playing and he needs to prove that. So so he's 19. I want to make sure everybody knows that. So in your contrast with Luca De La Torre at 24, which I forgot he was <clears throat> that he feels like an older elder statesman with regard to our national. It's weird when we say that now, but yeah. But but when you think about it, Charlie, Yunus Musa, we've we've talked about it a lot about how he needs to get on the end of stuff. He needs to provide the final assist or he needs to score some goals. How do you think he fits in and what he finds the space as it pertains to your ideal starting lineup for the U.S. men's national team? Because those pockets that maybe we want him to occupy, at least in theory, might not be available for him to exploit. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? So I'm kind of curious yeah. as to... I mean, uh, the way Valencia are going to set up probably going to be different than than the U.S. What do you think he could maybe do with Valencia to help find those sweet spots to to really excel with the U.S.? I mean, his his talent's undeniable. It's just going to happen because he's got so much goddamn potential uh, mm -hmm. that he's going to end up getting that right. But how can we get him there quicker? What do you think he needs to do to make that happen? Well, I think he he's already doing it. I mean, in this preseason, which is finding those spaces to be able to play on the half turn in midfield. So you're not necessarily always checking to the ball. And his distribution seems to be a lot better, um, connect, just connecting passes, uh, playing through the lines. I think for him, it's really getting a chance to play the one-twos in midfield. Um, you know, with Christian Pulisic and Brent Aronson, Timo Weah, whoever comes into the midfield, even Weston McKinney, being able to play quickly and, and effectively, efficiently with one and two touches. If he can do that, I think that's where he's going to to really develop. And to answer uh, Dave Ellis' question, Jimmy's wearing the 2009 World Cup qualifying kit. Oh, yeah. Actually, when we beat Honduras, that that's is right. the same kit we wore on the road. So, yeah, shout out to you to know who I think about when I see that kit. I see, I think about Connor Casey for some so reason. Do I. Yeah, when I think about him, I same. see him in that kit. It's same. weird, but like it, there's certain kits that I saw on people and I was like, yeah, that was made for you. And that was a Connor Casey kit, right? There. That was a Connor <laughs> Casey kit. We did end up making uh -huh. the 2010 World Cup team. So let's let's pivot over then to, if you want to talk about Dest, you can, but let's finish up this La Liga talk. De La Torre, I'm kind of, it's not that I want Celta to lose. You know, I like Iago Aspas and, and uh, that club is pretty much just thrives in mid-table purgatory for the most 
part. Maybe they'll scrape into the Europa Conference League at seventh or eighth in, in La Liga. But I feel like they're going to have to lose for Luca De Torre to get to get, get some valuable minutes. If he's not playing, obviously that gives you some concern, Heath Pearson. But you still you, you still think he's on on the plane to Qatar. I still think he's, he's on the plane in, to Qatar. He's, 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 he's yes. hit, his form up and Sebastian Legette form down, I think, slots him into that. I, I think where the question mark becomes is 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 uh, well, not on Luca De La Torre. I think he's whoa, in, whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa. You think you think Legette still has an outside chance? No, no, no. I'm saying okay. that his his form trending downward, uh, and and Luca De La Torre getting his chances, improving himself, which again leads me to my points about uh, about what he could do. Is does Luca De La Torre have enough in his bag at the La Liga level? to to be impactful over 90 minutes that's what i want to be able to see we've seen in the national team we see flashes fans love this guy right because he's fun to watch it's an attractive style of play we were critical of him in the beginning because it was a lot of side to side and then we started to see him advance with passing and driving with the ball and i think those are the things he's going to have to be we say this about team away why he didn't start uh every game last year is it doesn't add up to a lot over a season right for the national team he's had bursts and flashes and huge moments for us but at the club level you know, it's the Steve Trundle, like sevens and eights. You know, I, I don't I don't need tens and I don't need threes every week. Can you be impactful uh, in your minutes to prove that I can give you more and more minutes as opposed to being a guy who can come carry the rhythm, close out games, be good in possession? Like, do you have a few other things that you can add uh, and contribute to? Yeah, I'm excited uh, uh, to see Luca De La Torre play. But go ahead, Charlie. I was going to say, Elijah Armstrong, one, I wasn't late for the podcast. Um, <laughs> so that's one. But two, you're, you're spot on. There, there are a group of guys who are in this U.S. men's national team pool, and whether they play or they don't play for their clubs, they will be play, They will be going to Qatar. Mm-hmm. Matt Turner is, is one of them. Uh, Christian Pulisic, I mean, he came in the 65th minute for Mount against uh, Everton. I hope he starts in this next one because that attacking trio was, n- was not good. And then, um, yeah, exactly. You touched on Sergio Dest. In and out at Barca. Looks like he'd be going to United. He's going to be going to Qatar regardless mm-hmm. of, of what happens. So as long as these guys are healthy, obviously. Yeah, and speaking of health and, and speaking of Tim Weah, since you brought him up, Heath, uh, he was suspended for Lille's opening game last weekend in Liga. He's also going to miss the second game this weekend due to injury. And it looks like uh, Paulo Fonseca, who used to coach Roma, and he's just way into the attacking stuff. So I actually think that's going to help team away a lot. He's not so great for me, at least defensively as a manager, but he's saying that he's dealing with a foot injury. That's going to keep him out of uh, this, this weekend's game against Nantes. but he should be back to face PSG on August 21st. So we'll yeah, see if do. he ends up making his debut. Well, why not? If you're going to make your debut for the season, why not against PSG? Just come out. Why not? Absolutely, absolutely flying. So. Absolutely flying. Yeah. So that should uh, be something to watch and we'll obviously keep you up to date. On that, uh, just moving around to different spots in Europe. Let's talk a little Gio Reyna. Let's go Bundesliga. Did not play, but was on the bench against Bayer Leverkusen in Dortmund's 1-0 win. When when asked about his status, the manager of Borussia Dortmund, Edin Terzic, said they missed a lot, or he was referring to another player as well. But Gio missed a lot over the last year, of course. We're more than happy that they were able to join us during preseason, but we'd rather give them one more day than not enough days. They're both doing well. They both got playing time in a friendly before. They're on the right track. We're hoping them to get. Uh, we're hoping to get them back much more playing time in the near future. So he's healthy and ready to go. So I'm very curious to see if Gio Reyna is going to get any minutes this particular weekend. They play Freiburg, which I think is a great. It's on a, Friday. You know. Yeah. yeah and, and today. So that's, today. That's today. Ask Ricardo Pepe about that about that Freiburg team. 
Yeah, I mean, they took a, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll know who Grilich is. Um, but yeah, Freiburg have gotten even better than last year, and they already were really good last year. So it'd be a game that I'd love to see Gio Reyna kind of get his confidence back. I mean, after that, I think they play, they played Werder Bremen, which could be a good place for him to come back in after a while. But, you know, yeah. I don't want to overread into those comments because you're like, yeah, in theory, you are giving him an extra day. But you're also like, but then why is he on the bench? Is it on the bench right, to get him right, back right, into the right. squad? Great, could be, but at the right. same time, you're like, but you're you're in, you're in control. Can you give him ten minutes? Can you give him fifteen? You know, you yeah. both know. Uh, sometimes you you might not physically be ready, or the coach doesn't think, but he just wants you in the environment just to bring right, you in, right. and make sure you feel like you're part of the team, and you're. So I think that could be one of those things where he was never, I guess. Oh, Raina! I'm reading Raina didn't in the comments. Raina didn't travel with the team for today's game. Oh, boy. Okay, well, that says all you need to know about what his status is going to be. Well, if anybody Thanks, else Mike. in the comments knows anything about Ricardo. I Pepe, hope that's true because we're just chucking it out there uh, blindly. So, uh, you know. Bayer, Bayer Leverkusen is hosting uh, Augsburg. So, Ricardo Pepe, who didn't get to play till, until the last 15 minutes of the game when the game was completely out of reach against Freiburg, doesn't look like he's going to start again. But uh, maybe that changes. Based on what I'm seeing, he doesn't look like he's going to get get the nod. But this is a tough one. Um, it's, they Keith, play I'll with two strikers, Jimmy. They play with two strikers. It's insane to me that your young star is it not is, starting. It is nuts. It's not even – it is It yeah. is nuts. Like, it's I get it. Game. When there's a one-striker system and you can't show that, like, kind of Josh Sargent has shown he can switch out to the wings and be impactful for, for, for right. Norwich when Timo Pukki's playing up top. But when you play with two strikers, I would – like, one, nobody does it anymore. If you're going to, like, why not let one of them be the player that you're trying to develop so, and player so, you spent a ton of money on? Sure, sure, but but Enrico Massen, who came, who came, he didn't he wasn't one who was around, you know, when they signed Ricardo Pepe. He might not be his style of player, very similar to what Thomas Rongen said yesterday, where Charlie they Davis two strikers last year too, Jimmy. But he wasn't a Ziggy Schmidt. Like, Ziggy Schmidt was like, yeah. a, Charlie Davis is not my type of striker, and so maybe. And I'm like, Pepe's... what are you talking about, Ziggy? I'm a <laughs> striker. I'm everybody's kind of striker, baby. Let's go. I, I fit into everything. What are you talking about? Yeah. But but yeah. with regard to Ricardo, I, it just. I wonder what's holding him back. What are we not seeing that feels so obvious that like, why to your points, Heath, why would he not get that run? And do they have to get slapped around by Bayer Leverkusen to, to finally say, let's go with this Ricardo Pepe kid. I don't know. I don't know what's going to, what kind of, how many more three, four, five, zero ass slappings you can get before you, you get to just be like, all right, we'll just, we'll just see what he does. And then it's going to be up to him to, to make the most of those opportunities, of course, but giving him 10, five, 10, 15 minutes here or there. Yeah, that's got to suck. I just feel like there's more to this this story than maybe we, we know, and and we'll have to have to dig. We clearly have people in the comments that know. So if you guys want to chime in, hit us up on Twitter, ISWT Pod as well. If you've got any insight, any dirt on uh, the coaching at Augsburg and what they're doing over there, but um, I don't know. It, it's that's interesting. All right, let's go back to uh, another league in Europe. We'll go to Italy, which is starting Serie A. We only have one American participated in Serie A right now. His name is Weston McKinney. He plays for Juventus, and he's currently hurt. Though he dislocated his shoulder, for those that don't know, apparently he started to do some light training this past week, which is great news. He is looking like he'll be back for the August 22nd game, or at least be available for it uh, against Sampdoria. So we'll see. I bet you they don't rush him back. I, I'd expect maybe the week after. But uh, any thoughts on on Syria at all? Charlie Davies, I'll come to you first. It is one of our properties at CBS Sports and Paramount Plus. You could love it. And and and, and I want to throw out there. I think it's the league that's the most intriguing of mm -hmm. any of the top five leagues in Europe because it's the one that's most wide open. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I'm really interested to see what Roma looks like when you get Dybala. Um, 
they just look like it looks like Jose Mourinho is he's been quiet too. I feel like they're they could surprise a lot of teams and, and people uh, with with this year. Um, Juve again is uh, I don't know if they're I don't think they're going to finish top two. I, I don't. I think AC Milan is going to be strong again this year. Uh, it's their title to lose, but I think Roma is the team that. Um, will we'll surprise people. This Ro- Roma's my Italian club, so I'm loving everything that you're saying. And and I agree with you that with the signings that Roma's made, they're going to be unbelievable going forward. If you, especially if you ke- them keeping Zaniolo, Tammy Abraham, and Dybala, awesome. My the back line for me is a little little sketch, uh, but you never know. Jose Mourinho's obviously gifted in that side of the ball. <laughs> now now with regard to Juve, I, they got some question marks as well. Paul Pogba. Is hurts right now with a knee injury. He's obviously looking to get back for the World Cup. You got Chiesa probably not around. Heath until January. Could have been a good opportunity for McKinney to really put a stamp on things, especially with Pogba out. He might still have that opportunity. But it looked like that was going to be the big issue. If you're Maxi Allegri, the manager of Juve, you go on McKinney, you go on Pogba. I mean, no disrespect to Weston, but Pogba is a World Cup winner, and he's done some yeah. things. He's, he's a pretty special player. He is, but... I, I, when I think about Weston McKinney, he's the one that I worry about the least playing. He just has an ability to be on the field and be impactful. Because And for, weirdly, he has, I think, the less sort of peaks in his game, but the most consistency across his game to be impactful. When he steps in, whether it was at Schalke, whether it was at, at Juventus, yeah, he didn't score the goals that you wanted to do through some through injuries last year, but he just looks comfortable. He looks like a contributor. I don't think about him at all, ever. When I think about some of our other young players, I go, like high highs, low lows. Can they find consistency in their game? But Weston McKinney's one that, yeah, against Paul Pogba, he's probably going to lose that battle. But he just seems like a player that's still going to do 30 to 40 games at starting three quarters of those and and maybe subbing in for, for a quarter of those. I had a bet that he wouldn't start 50% of his his uh, games in the first season at, at Juventus, and and he he did. He blew past that. And so just he's a player that I worry about in terms of competition because he's he, – is at that level he's at Juventus level week in and week out so yeah that's my take on okay, on, okay. On so let's, let's see him injured but yeah no of course of course but if he's going to get injured I want it now and not uh, a couple of weeks leading into the world cup but let's let's do some hypotheticals everybody watching on the YouTubes listening on audio any audio platform of your choice hit us up on Twitter ISWT pod the hypothetical Charlie I'll come to you first if Chris, Christian Pulisic was going to make a move would you like to see him potentially at Juventus I know that rumor has been out there before but it could be a nice landing spot for him, and especially with Chiesa out, he could be getting a lot of minutes leading up to the World Cup. Chiesa probably won't be back until after the World Cup in January. Would you want to see? Uh, let's. There's a couple layers to this because it's not only the team, but it's also the league and the style. Do you think he'd thrive at Juventus? I do. I do think he would thrive at Juventus. Um, I think you know the league. The league's very defensive, though. Um, especially teams that play Juve. So they'll dominate the possession. It's similar to how teams line up to the U.S. men's national team now when they play in CONCACAF. When Mm -hmm. teams are sitting back, they're going to kick Christian left and right. It's going to be super physical. But you are playing for Juve. You're going to have a lot of the ball. You know, right now, it'll be tough because he's not going to play over Angel Di Maria. And, you know, you you have Vlahovic up top. If if Kiesa does come back, Kiesa is, is is also going to play over Christian. I don't know if this is the move I would make. I, I don't know if I'd leave necessarily leave Chelsea for Juve. I could I, I could see Allegri kind of doing the Tuchel playing him as a as a wing back. 
you know, because sometimes oh, they spot it then, too. Then no. <laughs> but honestly, because because Dave Danilo, who's he's okay, but he's not an outside back that I think they prefer, to be honest. And Alexandro on the other side, they, they, that's where I think their weak links are. I'm looking at though. That's true. That's true. I'm just trying to say, because, well, they had Juan Quadrado at right back for a long time. Yeah, he just gets the but, line and whips the ball. And I know Christian's not that type of player. He's more but like the Italian style. The Italian style is so different too, Jimmy, especially in a three-back, a wing-back. You've got to come so far over and be in. It's a completely different type of like, even way different than the way that Chelsea can play just because of the way their midfield moves and the mm -hmm. three three center backs. That, you know, the, the just the Italian style, playing like two quadrants of a field. Like they tuck everything in really tight, allow the long switch, and then they all shift over. That, that kind of ground and discipline for somebody who is not a huge fan of defending, I think would be a huge... A huge lift, uh, yeah. but you know, again, could be. I don't want to write it off. Could be a challenge. Could be an eye opener for him. He seems to rise to to challenges, but that's that might be one uh, one where he's like, nah, dog. I, yeah, it might not be the right fit, but I just wanted to have that conversation. <laughs> so it's it's. Well, I think I'm it's worth having that conversation. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate that because I feel yeah. like he's gonna his hand might be forced. He's gonna want to make a move, and, and we're running out of time for the transfer window. So this conversation could only exist for a couple more weeks. All right, everybody, we're going to take our first and only break, but I appreciate you guys uh, and your support, of course. I do want to let everybody know Paramount Plus is the only place to stream every minute of every Serie A match, and you can quickly and easily sign up for your very own account right now with a free one-month trial. That is awesome by going to ParamountPlus.com forward slash Italy. Just click the Try It Free button and use promo code Italy for instant access to the best Italian club soccer or calcio, as they call it available across all of your devices. So visit ParamountPlus.com forward slash Italy and start streaming today. The league kicks off this weekend. What? Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now along with their Sunday performance jogger pants so I can be business on top when I'm on camera but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires because Viori is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase so go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. So, uh, lots, of, lots of big games. Yes, thank you very much. You, and welcome you know back what? to Insoc Trust. I'm Cream you Cheese another, with Chuck Wagon and Hollywood. Read, read what's behind me, just for uh, if anybody can. Jimmy can you see Conrad, the 40, was a 40 year old rookie? Yeah. I just. <laughs> Listen. I just think. Look, look I just think we just need to, we need to own it. Uh, there was a blank whiteboard behind me. You know, you told me you like. You told Thomas wrong. You like the whiteboard, so I got out the whiteboard and wrote. Uh, no, it's very nice. Whiteboards in a bathroom. Who has, exactly right. <laughs> Imagine Dude, well, you could wipe your butt. Are you guys not modern? On, are you not? On, are you not modern creatives? You know, like you have, you keep a notepad oh, by your bed right. for when you have lucid dreaming, and then by your toilet for when you got time for like your thoughts of like, oh, I forgot we need to uh, we need more yogurt. I, I just I like the work work <laughs> hard and keep keep wiping behind you. Work hard. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> All right, before uh, we get into the Premier League, let's talk about another transfer that just happened from Mallorca to Middlesbrough as Matthew Hoppy made the move from La Liga to the championship, joining a U.S. men's national team teammate, Zach Steffen, at the same time. I know we touched upon this a little bit. How do you think he's going to do? Charlie, I'll come to you as a resident number nine. I, I, he just needs minutes. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Burrow to, to really speak to how I think he's going to fit into the team. I'll raise my hand and, and, and own that. But but he just needs minutes. And, and I wonder how much this process of him moving around and going to Mallorca, maybe getting humbled a little bit in terms of, because he does have a, a lot of confidence in himself. And that's obviously a vital component to having success in anything that you do. But I wonder if that humility is going to help him become a better player and maybe take advantage of his opportunities when they come. Charlie, I'll come to you first. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You can't get worse than uh, in a situation that he was just in in Mallorca. He wasn't playing. So mm-hmm. I blame Stu Holden. I blame Stu Holden, Steve Nash, yeah. Steve Nash, Tom Palino. Uh, who else is in that ownership <laughs> group? The Phoenix Suns, <laughs> so, <the> <laughs> Robert Starver. Trying to sabotage <laughs> yeah. Americans. Yeah, seriously. Um, I think it's a good. Nash is Canadian, dude. Of course, he's trying to bring down the Americans. <laughs> he he wants Canada. Now. Um, I think he'll play. So it, it's it's on him to really make a difference. When you go into an environment like this, you're being recruited. you because there's a need. Middlesbrough has have had a, a poor start to the season. On top of that, I know Zach Steffen's getting minutes, but you know you look at the first game of the year. They drew one one with West Brom, then they lose three two. There's a red card, um, you know, in the, at the in the injury time. Uh, but the, so far, no. And then they lose one zero in in the um, the League's Cup uh, to to Barnsley at home. So. Obviously, they, they need to fix some issues, and and coming in as a, a new attacking player, I, I think he'll he'll get opportunities. Uh, Heath Middlesbrough did finish seventh last year in the championship, just one spot and five points away from a playoff. So they weren't too far with the with their their current group. But they go get Zach Steffen, and they go get Matthew Hoppy. Outside of other other moves that they made, but from an American perspective, those are the ones we're focused on. What do you think Matthew Hoppy can do here? Because they, as Charlie said, they're not off to a great start. So maybe he will get some, some minutes immediately. His energy is the right energy for the championship. Like that I know applies right away, right? Running, running at guys, corner flag, high energy player, kind of controlled chaos, so to speak, I think plays really well. The problem is, is Middlesbrough has so many teams. I mean, the championship has so many teams that there's always one or two teams that are never in the conversation that are fighting in the beginning that go, you know, four or five straight and are now in contention to go up. So you don't get a lot of uh, room for error. So you've got to have strong starts, especially when you have a team that that's that's deserves to be on the top of the league. So I think he can step in right away and be be a contributor. But does he have the final product to be able to do that over a full season? 
Um, that's what I'm waiting to see because we, we've lost a year from him. But I certainly think when you look at Josh Sargent or him as a winger within the championship, who fits better? Sargent has some some tools, but I, I still think Matthew Hoppy is a better, a better uh, winger or even potential second striker uh, there in terms of the energy that he brings. He's got some of that, honestly, Charlie Davies energy on the field, right? When he gets the ball, he wants to go. He wants to speed the game up. And I think that plays well. Uh, in a system um, that sometimes there's a lot of second balls won, the ball can be in the air for long periods, and you're just trying to get it down and go. Okay, we're going to let Heath Pierce go, everybody. Apparently, was it that bad, Jimmy? Of... Was it that bad? Nah, you was know it what? Your take was good. You're... No, Say it was, was good. good. It was a good take. It was a good take. We're just giving you the opportunity to not <laughs> sit on the toilet. I heard if you sit on the toilet sure. too long, Heath, you get a hemorrhoid. Yeah. So I'm just going to save yeah. you from any hemorrhoids for Heath Pierce. Hollywood hemorrhoid Pierce, everybody. Let's give it up. There he is. Take it easy. So we lost Heath, Charlie, but. Middlesbrough's taking on Sheffield United, who this weekend, who are one of the favorites to be on top of the table and get back to being promoted. So this is going to be a tough test again, but they're playing at home, so we'll see how they do. With regard to Josh Sargent and, and Norwich, they have uh, – where are they? Who, where are they playing? I can't, I'm looking for – oh, they're playing away the hole. And then Luton Town with Ethan Horvath is playing home to Preston. So some big games for our guys, and obviously we'll keep you up to date. When we come back on Monday's show, we'll break it all down for you. But let's move to the Premier League. We got Wolves that are hosting Fulham. Now, yes. Wolves just lost to Leeds, so we've we've got a good taste of, of Wolves. I watched all 90 minutes of that game, and I'm obviously very excited for Jesse. And can I say something really quick, Charlie? Yes. I am going to Manchester United-Liverpool in about 10 or 11 days, so that's my flex of the day. But also, I'm in contact. I'm in contact with Jesse Marsh. I'm going to contact with Jesse, and I'm going to go catch a training of Leeds the day after the Manchester United-Liverpool game, and then I'm going to go to their League Cup game when they host Barnsley. So I'm absolutely buzzing right now. So I'm like way in on Leeds. But let's talk Wolverton, Wolverhampton really quick because they're playing Fulham. And Fulham yeah. are coming off a 2-2 draw, a very impressive 2-2 draw against Liverpool at home at Craven Cottage. Tim Ream looked good. Anthony Robinson pretty solid for most of it, even though he's going up against Mo Salah. Now they're away from home. I think it's a little bit different against the Wolves team that maybe feel like they should have got a little bit more from that Leeds game. What are you thinking mm -hmm. now that Fulham – have kind of shown that they're going to be tough to play against. And Marco Silva, the manager, has done a good job of getting them organized on both sides of the ball. I would say whether you're playing home or away against Liverpool, it's Liverpool. And, and I know it might be a little different in terms of, of how the crowd gets in, involved. But if, if you can put a performance like they did against Liverpool, where they were resilient, they, they earned that draw too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I would like my chances if I'm pulling, uh, pulling playing against Wolves. And so, yeah, I, I'm. What I'm curious and really looking into is is to see how Tim Ream can continue Same. to perform. Because, yes, you play a high line, he gets burned. Everyone knows that. But if you're talking about sitting back, in some in some instances in the World Cup, you, you can't play a high line. You you can't be up at, at midfield. Well, if you're talking about building out of the back and having a center back who's super experienced. Then that then that works, and if he can play like he did against Liverpool for a full half season, up until that World Cup, yeah, you take. I him. could see him getting a call to totally. camp for sure. Totally. I, I mean, if there's any one player that in our current player pool that reminds me of Greg Berhalter, it's kind of Tim Ream, right? I mean, Greg wasn't a a, a crazy good athlete, but he's left footed, played left center back, good passer of the ball, knew like where to be, good positioning. These are all things that I kind of relate to Tim Ream, so. I could see him saying, I see a little bit of Tim Ream in me. And even when I coach, and I'm sure you do the same, when you see a player that has 
a player profile that looks kind of similar to yours, you're kind of pulling for that one, maybe subconsciously, but you're hoping that that player does well because you relate to them in some capacity. So I could see Tim Ream, if he continues to play well, get, get that opportunity. So it's interesting when you bring up Fulham, they just got promoted. So a lot of their games, they're always going to be the underdog. There's no reason for them to extend themselves. So I don't think they're ever going to get into a high line situation too much because no. they're never going to want to get exposed, which really plays well for Tim Ream to have continued success. So interesting to see what Wolves do in particular. And, and, uh, and obviously, if Mitrovic can keep scoring goals, it takes a lot of pressure off the back line to have to be perfect. And that's also going to help Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson, right? This is a big opportunity for Robinson, who yes. maybe his responsibility was different. Playing against Mo Salah, he's going to have to sit a little bit more. But I think in this particular game, they're going to ask him to try to get forward and try to put Wolves on the defense and play on the back foot, at least on that that channel of the field. And whip balls in for Mitrovic. He's got to do it. I mean, this, my one concern, and I, maybe we talked about this before, Charlie, but it's been a while since I think we focused on Anthony Robinson. Sometimes his crosses don't aren't as varied as I'd like, right? The one that he can hit from deep that's kind of like fading to the back post. He's good at getting into good spots, but then he kind of hits, just hits them hard and low across the ground. Yeah. Again, very dangerous if you get yourself into good spots. But Agreed. it'd just be nice if we didn't have to rely on him having to beat a guy to get a cross off. If he could start hitting crosses off by just getting that half inch of space, we talked about it before with like Steve Ralston, who was a master at it, just creating enough of a gap so he could whip that ball in or just being able to hit him from the top around the corner of the box and whipping them in to dangerous areas. I just think that would take Anthony Robinson's game to the next level. Yeah, I mean, the different types of distribution. I mean, it comes down to technique, right? Floated versus, uh, you know, right. if you can, you can chop, chop it in. Across. Yeah. Um, you know, different types, different uh, parts of, of the left flank, early early service versus getting to the end line, um, the cutback ball versus low, hard driven to the near post. I think the more he can fine tune that that last piece of 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 his game we're talking we're talking champions league big time clubs because he has all the athleticism that you, you can't teach um and and i think the timing and of he's his got runs, the mentality like i want to yes. i'm gonna beat you today i love that mentality about him i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you and you just want to have him to run into a coach who says hey you don't have to beat the guy every single time you just have to beat him you know, maybe you want to keep them on balance because at some point, once you beat them, they're going to drop off. And if they're going to drop off, then you whip the ball in, baby, because you're giving the space day. to do so. Right? So, which, which, which for me would be like, oh, well, all of a sudden, if you have right backs who, who are whipping balls in, they have to be whipping balls into someone, right? Right. Uh, if you're talking about targets for the U.S. Men's National Team, uh, Timo Weah, and, and this is with all due respect to, to the guys that we have, Timo Weah, Christian Pulvic, Brendan Aronson, uh, Gio Reyna, those, Jesus Ferrer, those aren't guys who typically are going to be dominant in, in, in the air, right? So then you're like, well, who else do we have that, that could be ultimately uh, maybe a game, a game-changing sub? Well, then there's Brendan Vasquez, there's Jordan Pifok. There's, you know, Raji big Wright. target strikers, Haji Wright, who will get on the end of it, who are, you know, big targets. Um, yeah, Weston McKinney's a, a, a giant in, in the air, but he's not going to be in those positions when all of a sudden a, a left back is overlapping and, and Anthony Robinson is whipping balls. Right. That we don't expect him to be there. Uh, well, what, so. if you, what do you say, though, if we're down? I think we – I don't necessarily expect to be down to England, but but we're definitely going to be, I think, a little bit more conservative in, in our approach. I hope we're not. I hope we go right at them. But, but let's say we go down to Wales, and now they're sitting back. We're going to need to bring on those subs. We're going to need Anthony Robinson to hit a variety of different crosses because they're going to give him that space to go into. 
-hmm. it's just something that I, I wish he would get into his game. So there's going to be some situations that we're going to need the, the big, the big target forwards as well. And, and for everybody going, well, well, if I don't want to start that player, there's still a lot of value for me. And I don't know if we talk about it enough where if you're still whipping balls into the box, it doesn't mean you have to win the first one. You can win the second or when the ball pops out, you have good press. Everybody's ready to go and kind of lock in. McKinney right there. For right. You. Exactly. Exactly. And Weston McKinney's great at, at uh, getting on the end of crosses. But if you get that, you don't have to win the first one. It's where, how are you setting up for the second one? But that first cross into it, the area could be advantageous if the, if the clearance isn't good enough. If so the runs are, if the runs are right, good runs, right. Space. It doesn't matter how tall you are. Good runs right. and, and good pace on the ball. And then you're really like aware and eager to get that second ball and continue to put them under and you can get shots from distance. You could potentially get a deflection. I mean, I still think there's a lot of value in just whipping balls in. If to your point, there's still some purpose in terms of our running and, and our kind of awareness in, in locking things in once that second ball comes out. But then, but at, at that point, it's, it's not so much crosses in the air. They're, they're just crosses along the ground, sure. you know, um, which yeah, still can be there's still value there. It can right, 100%. Yeah, there's still value. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens in, in that position over the next three months. All right, let's talk about Southampton versus Leeds then. Leeds coming off a big 2-1 win over Wolves. Brendan Aronson, I wish they would have given him credit for that goal that he scored. If Harry Kane had done that, I'm pretty sure they would have given it to Harry Kane. <laughs> Brendan Aronson being an American yeah. doesn't get that same type of respect yet. I think he'll start earning it game after game after game. They're going to Southampton. Now, Leeds had a pretty respectable away record. So it wouldn't be a big surprise this last season to, for them to maybe get a draw or eke something out. Uh, but Southampton were up 1-0 on Spurs last week and then crumbled and ended up losing 4-1. I like Leeds to potentially get a result here because they, yes. got, they, got, they got Chelsea at home the following week. So to continue oh, to get the points. Too. If Everton, who was horrible. <laughs> that's true but you like to think better. with more time as, as the season goes along chelsea's going to start to get a little bit better at her the yeah. first 11 is and whatever but we could we could have in two weeks time pulisic versus aronson on and uh, pulisic running against uh, tyler Let's adams in the middle of midfield. that would be amazing we, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get hyped for that next week but but what are your oh, thoughts right. on leads do you think they can go to, to southampton and get something done and i know the first game was super important for Jesse Marsh, yeah. but but given what you know about him, how do you think he builds on this? And do you think he makes any changes to his lineup? Because Luis Sinistera looks like one of his signings from Feyenoord is going to be healthy and available. Liam Cooper, uh, one of their center backs, looks healthy and available now. Adam Forshaw could be another one where he could. Now he has the luxury of making some changes. I but if you're Jesse so. Marsh, do you make any changes coming into this one? I Same know, keep it going. Uh, okay. I think I think you you might introduce uh, some substitutes a little bit earlier, but. You you keep this group together um, and, and see how how you can break them down with the press and and I would expect a little bit more success actually against Southampton uh, as opposed to to a Wolves team that typically oh I have one percent of battery one sec uh oh uh oh Charlie's down on the battery everybody yeah I mean I just thought you had somebody that helped you do all that stuff Chuck you know or they just they're feeding you off camera and then giving you drinks. And all that stuff as he as he fixed everything. Listen, this is uh, we're having some some difficulties. Heath is on the toilet. Charlie's got nobody helping him today. It's a bit of a scramble, and I'm loving every minute of it. It's fantastic. But yes, with regard to leads, I'll jump in here really quick and say that I put Brendan Aronson in my fantasy team. I did it. 
I think he's still going to sneak up on people. Yeah, they're like, the opponents are being, oh, sure, sure, sure. This American kid, he's just got a lot of energy. He's like the Energizer Bunny, blah, 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 blah. But then he's going to go out there and just start stomping on people's throats, and it's going to be fantastic. So I'm starting Brendan Aronson, my fantasy team, and I highly advise you to do the same. He can get him for 5.5, I think. So that's pretty good value for, for Brendan Aronson. And uh, I just think he's going to be a difference maker, and I'm incredibly biased. but And I'm excited I'm going to go to Leeds here in the future. So if you guys actually – Hit me up on ISWT pod on Twitter and let me know if, or if, if I have a chance to, you know what I should do? I'm just thinking out loud here. If you guys are listening or watching, I'm going to buy a Leeds Brandon Aronson jersey, or you know what? I'll do a Brendan Aronson jersey and a Tyler Adams jersey. I will buy those and we'll give them away here on In Soccer We Trust. Okay, that's what's happening. I'm going to come back fully loaded with some jerseys. And we want to give them away because we have an amazing community. So thank you for all the support. If you haven't hit like and subscribe, do that on the YouTubes and hit subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Leave us a five-star review. That would be absolutely fantastic. But that's what I'm going to do. And I just talked myself into it. And Charlie's back. Look at God. How many rooms does he have? Look at this guy. He's all over that place. I'm in a different room. Here we go. <laughs> so Chuck, I just talked about leads. I, I am very curious to see how they're going to perform in week two. Let's talk, though, a, a little bit about another American that's playing, and it is going to be Christian Pulisic. We touched upon him a little bit earlier. Chelsea are hosting Tottenham, which is a pretty big game early into right. the season at Stamford Bridge. Given what we saw from Chelsea against Everton, where they were really lackluster up top, I think Raheem Sterling was probably the busiest and most active of the three. Do you think Pulisic has an outside chance of starting, or do you think Tuchel's going to go with the Havertz, Sterling, Mason Mount front three again? No, I, I think he does have a good chance of starting. After a performance like that, typically a coach of that stature makes changes. You don't stick with the same three at that point when it was so – they had no energy. There wasn't great combinations for me. This is the time where you say, all right, let's give Christian a chance. Let, let's see what he can do. This is, Thomas Tuchel. this is Thomas Tuchel we're talking about. This isn't about him just handing out chances to Christian Pulisic. No, but he he knows him really well. I mean, it, I know, it's a, I know. It's time that Christian gets. A, a, I mean, he's the first sub into the game for a reason. If you're that close, it would make sense to say, "Hey, let, let's give let's give him a run." Okay. Now, what I do want to add is, I think that Tottenham are going to be up for this game in a way that Chelsea might not. I think this is a statement game from for Antonio Conte and his players. They've made some significant signings. They want to be a force to be reckoned with this season. That's clear. And Conte, obviously a former winner of the Premier League with Chelsea, is going to want to stick at the Chelsea. I, I really believe that, at Stanford Bridge in particular. I think the emotional weight of what Conte is going to bring, I think could be the, the X factor. And obviously he's got the players to execute in this game. I don't necessarily like Chelsea based on the performances from each team in week one, if we're going on form alone, and kind of what we're hearing from Tuchel. But we'll see. I, I hope that Pulisic starts. I'm not hopeful and not as hopeful as you, Chuck, but we'll have to wait and see. That game is on Sunday morning. It kicks off 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Okay, and then there's you, one. Go ahead. I was going to say, can we talk about Rangers? We can, but I want to do one more game in the Premier League, yeah. and then we'll talk about Rangers and Malik Tillman in particular, who was fantastic midweek for Rangers scoring the, the, the deciding goal to get them through or continue to go through Champions League qualifying. Liverpool is at home at Anfield against Crystal Palace. And I just want to – Crystal Palace did not look good in week one against Arsenal. And that center-back pairing that was so good last year for them looked a little bit – like just in, in general, they didn't look very good 
individually, but then collectively they weren't organizing their team and putting them in good spots. They're getting pulled all over the place, and, and Crystal Palace never had a grip of the game, even though they were at home at Selhurst Park. Now Crystal Palace travel to Anfield. This is a really tough start to the season for Palace, by the way. Do you think Chris Richards has a chance to maybe sneak in to this team? Because there's a lot of talk that if Chris Richards gets the minutes and plays well in the Premier League against some top opponents, he could be the guy that's starting next to Walker Zimmerman, assuming Walker Zimmerman's the starter come uh, November 21st against Wales. Yes, I do think, um, you know, that Patrick Vieira would, would give. Um, After one game, that's my only concern. I just want to throw uh, yeah, that out there. I, I Very similar to Pulisic. Yeah. It's only been one game. So you don't want to like completely pull the plug on some of these guys that you trusted all last season. Right. And you know, it's not like Crystal Palace is, um, you know, Patrick Vieira is a, is a, is a player that, um, you know, understands the game so well. They're playing Arsenal. It's not like they're playing – a good um, Arsenal too, very, right. very much better uh, Arsenal. A, it's almost like a reinvented Arsenal at this point. But right. it, this is—they were playing a dominant team. They weren't playing uh, one of the lower teams like a Bournemouth or an Aston Villa, or you know. So I, I could see him still giving that same backline a chance, although a, an opportunity to, to to change it up early on in the season, I definitely see uh, Chris Richards getting at least an opportunity to to start and and see what he can do. Okay, so I just want to throw this out there. Now that I think about it some more while you're, while you're talking, Chuck, I don't know if I want him to play against Liverpool. Liverpool are going to be pissed. They dropped a point or two points against Fulham in the opening weekend. They're going to be flying at home. And maybe Chris Richards could wait after this game. Maybe just wait. You know, the next, yeah. one, next, one, next one's at home against Aston Villa. And when I look at the schedule, they actually have a League Cup match against Oxford away. I bet you we see Chris Richards in that. That's when he's going to make his debut for Palace. That makes a lot of sense, I think, from a coaching perspective. Let's give our guys that were with us the whole time a couple first couple games, and we'll bring in Richards. If he does well against Oxford, that gives me a reason then to start him against Man City the following game. So, you know, th there's a couple big, big names. But after that, it gets a little bit more manageable with Brentford, Newcastle, Man United, Brighton. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's no real easy games, of course. But I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm curious to, to, to hear your take on James Sands. So, in, in the now, same Let's match. move to Rangers then. Go ahead. Right. So, uh, um because the center back, so James Sands playing, starting in the third round uh, qualifying of, of Champions League. They get a clean sheet. They sub him out after they go up 3-0. Do you, do you see him if he's playing center back at Rangers? And, and I think, you know, he's, he's one of those center backs who's comfortable in the ball because he typically was a midfielder uh, at, at, throughout his youth career. So is this someone that you could see sneaking onto the scene? We had a chance to interview James Sands on CBS Sports HQ, and I asked him this question about his national team hopes and does he still talk to Greg and what the conversation is. And he mentioned that he did talk to Greg and he just needs to get minutes. That's ultimately what Greg's talking about. If he gets, that, gets minutes and gets to play, then they'll have another conversation about what that looks like moving forward. I do think that I wouldn't be surprised if I saw James Sands in the September friendlies against Japan and Saudi Arabia because he's playing, Chuck. And because he's playing really solidly. And what I find interesting was that was a big Champions League game because they lost that first leg 2-0 and needed to win 3-0. And for him to be trusted by Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, the manager, in that situation, knowing what's at stake, and he went out and delivered, is really important for his trust within not only between him and the manager, but also the players. And obviously right. Mal Mal Malik Tillman stepping up and scoring a vital goal, incredibly important as well. And so I think that 
there's going to start to be that shift in perception of like, we can actually trust these guys. We can rely on them, which is what Americans have to fight through when you go over to Europe. And obviously you live that firsthand. And I had a little, a taste of it as well. When I went on loan to like Poznan, it's, 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 it's super important. So I'm ex- excited to see how they play and who they play. Um, excuse me. And who starts for, against St. Johnstone this weekend, but next week they play against PSV Eindhoven at home. It's the next phase of the champions league qualifying. And that, that is, are they going to be trusted in that? And how do they play against a team like PSV? That that's going to be the, what I look out for. Cause it's one thing to play St. Johnstone and the Scottish premiership. It's another thing to have to play against a, a pretty good team in PSV. Chuck. I agree. And, and possibly Richie Ledesma. Um, Ooh, that would be ooh, unbelievable. Yes. Dude. Americans are taking over the world. Let's go. Americans. Unbelievable. unbelievable. All right. We're going to call it a show, Chuck. I want to get your final thoughts on anything that uh, you want to discuss and the floor is yours, my friend. Take it away. Yeah, I would say um, just keeping an eye on, on all the Americans who, who are abroad um, and seeing what they what they can continue to, to do and produce. Um, the minutes, minutes, the minutes part is, is really important. So, um, you know, a guy like uh, Luca Del Torre, uh, seeing what what his introduction uh, may look like, I expect him to get minutes. Uh, Yunus Musa playing centrally. Uh, I'm really curious to see how that goes. And then uh, Ricardo Pepe, can he finally break in? Is is Jordan Pifo continuing to score goals? Um, th- those are some of the things that, that I'll be looking out for. Just, of, of course, because the number nine is uh, a position that will be dictated on form in, in, in most cases. So, Yeah, and speaking of the number nine, we've got a couple on MLS that are playing this weekend. FC Cincinnati, Brandon Vasquez is hosting Atlanta United. We'll see how he performs there. FC Dallas is at home. So Jesus Ferreira at home to the San Jose Earthquakes. they got Jeremy Bobasi, who's obviously scoring a lot of goals as well, kind of on the outside, outside, outside of the radar, but still scoring a lot of goals. So I'm sure that Greg is aware of him and how he's performing. But those are just a couple players for everybody to keep an eye on, along with everybody else that's out there playing in Europe. So it's going to be a great weekend for Americans, or at least that's what we're hoping. So thank you, everybody, for watching you, no and listening to Soccer We Trust. Thank you for all of your support. we got three great shows coming for you next weekend, including a very special guest that we can't name yet. We're going to tease it, everybody, but it's going to be a lot of fun like always. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, Hollywood Hemorrhoid Pierce, that's what we're going to call him now. Charlie Chuck Wacken Davies, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching The Soccer With Trust, and we'll see you on Monday. Later! Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.